making her way to the mic They start dimming the lights, you start feeling alright From Birmingham, home with the Teddy Longs and the Ruben Stutters More once you discover, for all of the lovers Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns For all of the lovers, and Mickey James and Marvin Gaye For all of the lovers, and Sasha Banks, Janelle Monet, Silk, Sonic, and Paige, allow me to say Look, I just found a place we'd escape Every one of us, I was kinda late Cause I just made it off the struggle bus Walking by the fate, cause I know it's right in front of us Yo, I ain't with the hate, gotta focus on what's great Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Hardy is on the air Had to drop a couple bars just to make you all aware So, sit back, relax, enjoy the show You know I go by Joe or the wrestle Hey y'all, welcome to a new episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. So of course, I talk about news and gossipish, and I get into all the nitty and gritty of all this AEW drama, along with other things that happen in wrestling as well. And I talk to wrestling starlet and champion and main eventer of Black Girl Magic 2, Karen Bam Bam. And I talk about a little of what I liked in wrestling this week and everything that's been going on with me. So, of course, thank you for listening to this new episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. I miss y'all. Alright, so in this news and gossipish, I hate to have to even start with this, but this this CM Punk AEW Young Bucks Hangman Adam Page Kenny Omega drama is just out of this world. So it was already weird enough and low key bad enough that at the media scrum, Tony Khan basically said, well, not at the media scrum, but like at the media call rather before all out happened that he was basically talking about how he feels like CM Punk should have got more time in his promo than Thunder Rosa got in hers when she had to relinquish her title because due to injury. And I'm just like... That was already bad enough because it just seems like constantly every time Tony Khan gets on a media call, it's like he always shows every time why he hates or does not respect women's wrestling as much as men's wrestling. And literally like somebody on Twitter clocked it and you saw where Thunder Rosa made her announcement about having to relinquish the AEW World Women's title due to injury and it was like maybe 45 seconds but then you have CM Punk who came out there and cut his promo and his promo I believe it was his promo about having to give up the title and his was like super long more than the 45 seconds that Thunder Rosa did it and I was just like wow and then it's just like when you're called and you're called on it you have an issue but anyway we continue to go on with the wrestling weekend that took place last weekend it was really lit it was awesome between clash at the castle um worlds collide and then you had all out 
you get to the media scrum after all out everybody's done you know the best job that everybody can do you know when it comes to that pay-per-view because I know it's really long and I know a lot of hard work probably went into it in terms of preparation but then you have your champion CM Punk who won the match won his title back um from John Moxley and then there's a guy who is a journalist who I guess was tied to Scott Colton aka um Colt Cabana that he tried to you know get at or whatever and then it's just like all of his beef with um Colt Cabana just exploded onto the media scrum and of course if you've seen it online I'm not gonna go into all of it here but basically he was going in on Colt Cabana about how they haven't been friends for years and how people keep bringing his name up to him and how you know basically he shares a bank account with his mom and basically it was just a whole lot of mess that I'm not sure anybody really asked to hear at this media scrum because I'm definitely sure those journalists were there to ask you about the match but somehow or another it got turned into that and it was just crazy then on top of that you taught you use the opportunity to talk mess about adam page who granted did bring you up and was talking mess about you and you didn't appreciate it and all of that stuff and it's just like and then you talk more mess about evps i guess alluding to kenny omega and the young bucks and how they've been spreading rumors about you and whispering about you and how you don't appreciate it and all that other stuff and you're apologizing to everybody else who has to hear it but you're just continuing to go off and tony khan is just sitting there having to listen to it and you know take it or whatever but i he was in i guess he was he was in a very awkward position when it came to that and now all of this has led to them getting into a fight after cm punk said what he said at the meteor scrum backstage cm punk is injured again um the young bucks and kenny all got into all of this mess they got into this fight backstage kenny tried to save the dog the dog bit him somehow and there's just all of this mess going on so this has led to the trio championships that kenny and the young bucks had just won <laughs> and the AEW title that cm punk just got back to be vacated and now there has to be tournaments to basically crown new champions at this point. So I believe the issue that I have with all of this is the fact that all of this took the attention off of all of the great wrestling that took place that weekend. It's like nobody this past weekend was left talking and even this week were left talking that much about the action that took place at Clash of the Castle or at Worlds Collide or at All Out. It was all about CM Punk and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega all getting into this mess. And it takes so much attention off of everybody who worked so hard to try to give all of these people in these various places in Orlando, Florida, in Cardiff, Wales, and also um, in Chicago, a great show in terms of wrestling ability and stuff. And all the attention is taken off of them you know and put on to you with all this mess just because you decide to air out your dirty laundry in a media call there is a time and place for everything um there is literally a time and place for everything and i am definitely of the opinion that cm punk really should have chosen a better place to air out his grievances with these people
he really should have he should have found a different place to do it in private in their offices wherever like find another way to air out your grievances with these people but not in a public platform where you have these people who are focused on this wrestling event and you're supposed to be talking about the match and what you want to do next and all these different things but instead of doing that and instead of you know talking about the talent that you were so gung-ho to work with when you came to AEW a year ago you know and stuff you decide to go off and talk about how they've made you angry and how you're too old and these young people are pissing you off or whatever my thing is if you're that old and why aren't you mature enough to handle your business behind closed doors and just be a professional about it it was just too much for me to hear about and then the fact that everybody was left trying to decode everything that happened backstage or whatever outside of talking about the wrestling that took place just just that is really kind of what destroyed me when it comes to this whole situation it's so sad it is really sad because you have people like Sheamus and Gunter who had an amazing match at Clash of the Castle you have Solo Sokoa who made his debut by interfering in the Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre match at the end of Clash of the Castle you have Dominic Mysterio who turned on his dad and Edge at clash of the castle as well and then you have everybody else who had great matches and stuff at clash of the castle and then you have the people of cardiff wales who were just so happy to be there and have a good time that they were chanting and singing along with theme songs and stuff like that like they deserved to have a moment like that you know and they were having the time of their lives and then you have worlds collide where you have you know new double champions in Braun Breaker and Mandy Rose Jesus God and then you have Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet who wrestled a match which should be labeled at which should be in contention for match of the year for the NXT North American title and even this week on NXT 2.0 you had Roxanne versus Mako like a 20 year old wrestling prodigy got to fight a legend in Mako Satomura but it's almost like we can't even focus on anything like that because we're also because everybody else is focused on trying to decode this mess and it's just so sad it's really sad that all of this happened this way but I'm hoping that all of this can be ironed out um and we can't and the fact I hope that all of this can be ironed out peace can be found um and people can stop going into business for themselves and honestly focus on what matters which is the stuff that's in the ring and if you have issues with people at work which all of us have and have had and probably will continue to have just iron out the issue and talk to them about it and actually be mature about it don't slam your stuff on the floor and make a scene in front of everybody else because all that does is take people's focus off what's really important and that's really all i have to say about that but baby it is just a hot mess and i just had to address that a little bit because it was just a whole lot this week and it's just so sad like if you love wrestling so much like love it focus on the professional parts of it and if you have a problem with the person confront the person but don't pop off on them and pop off publicly like that and take the focus off of the work that so many others have put into it and everything like it's just too much it's just selfish but yeah that's what happened 
Um, also in the news, we have rumors about Thunder Rosa um, possibly being unhappy and asking for her release. Um, Ringside News released this article um, saying that she asked for her release. And it was also reported and shared by Brian Shepard. Well, not Brian, but Brad Shepard, who is very notorious for saying, you know, not nice things online when it comes to wrestling. Um, but... Her husband, Brian Cervantes, shout out to him, commented under the article and said, where are you guys getting this BS from? This isn't true. So basically he debunked that um, rumor. But I do find it interesting that on Twitter, she was saying enough is enough and that it's time for a change in all caps. But you don't really know exactly what that is about. No one knows what it's about. We're not in her head we can't read her mind so it's just like at this point well while she's out with injury we should just let her do her until she does make her decision and until she actually says it until the horse's mouth actually says it don't believe nobody else like seriously like leave people alone and actually like let them say what they're what what they want to do as opposed to trusting these random people who come out with this news like even though journalism has its place in wrestling sometimes we be sometimes people be trying so hard to look like know-it-alls that they basically run the risk of looking dumb and you don't want to be that person so yeah thunder rosa you know i wish the best for her and i hope that she continues to prosper wherever she decides to go or whatever it is that she decides to do but she's not leaving aew um nobody said that it's not true so just leave that part alone also in the news something that i found really interesting is the fact that there's going to be a pro wrestling musical um and as someone who really really loves musicals i thought this was a cool um piece of information to get this week so the name of the um musical is called the last match and it's a pro wrestling rock musical and they announced their full cast and creative team for the pro wrestling concert event and full concept album launch which will take place on september 26 2022 at white eagle hall in jersey city new jersey so it's been previously announced that international recording artist and Tony nominated theater star Ramin Karamloo will star in the lead role of Ben Vengeance and Broadway favorite and TikTok sensation Amber Ardolino. Please forgive me if I mess up your last names. I don't mean it. Charge it to my head, not to my heart. Um, she's going to be playing the fabulous Miss Jenny and pro wrestling superstar Matt Cardona, who's formerly known as Zack Ryder in the WWE, will bring the heat as Alexander Swagger. And then rounding out the cast is Silvana Joyce as the superfan, Liz McCartney as the mother, Jason Simon as the surgeon slash son of Stalin, James Michael Riley as the boss, Larissa Klinger as Scarlet Sublime, Joe Dellinger as um, strutting Jimmy Sutton, Sam Zeller as Sam the Barbarian, Ryan Thurman as the Cannonball, and pro wrestlers Brandon Scott as Johnny Nobody, Tina San Antonio, and Vicious Vicky. The show is directed by Jeremiah James, associate direction and wrestling consultation by Phil Bleckman, and pro wrestling training and choreography by Bull James and Afa Anawaii Jr. This sounds cool. 
this sounds amazing and I also want to give a shout out to Vicious Vicky because she is the girlfriend of friend of the pod and um past guest Rob Williams of the Bob Culture podcast like I'm so glad she's a part of it and I just think it's really cool when you can combine two things that go hand in hand together and turn it into a giant thing music and wrestling are like that's like a really great marriage like if you can combine a really great theme song with a larger than life character then you have something there so having a musical involved with wrestling is amazing and I'm so glad that it's being done and the fact that there are actual players in wrestling um in real life who do that can actually be a part of the musical too so congratulations to all of those people and I can't wait to hear and see good things about it like it's just that's just really cool also, I think it's funny how a few months ago we saw um, Lin-Manuel Miranda at Monday Night Raw the last time it was at Madison Square Garden and he was in the audience. And in my head and, and on Twitter, I tweeted, what if Lin-Manuel Miranda directed an episode of Raw Smackdown or NXT? Wouldn't that be cool? So I think it's amazing. Now, it might not ever happen from a WWE standpoint, but if it happened like... Since it is happening with a musical, I'm really excited that that's, you know, happening either way. So congratulations to all of those people. I'm excited. So moving on with news and gossipish, um, Sasha Banks um, had an interview where she was talking about, you know, what she's doing um, with her future following her walkout of WWE that happened this past May. So she and Naomi... If you've seen the pictures and you know what I'm talking about, I actually posted um, a few of them this week from her and Naomi participating at New York Fashion Week. Like they have been going off. They are so gorgeous. Like they are some of the most gorgeous models I've ever seen. So they have been modeling. They've been doing all kinds of different things. But Sasha Banks appeared on Ah Two Radio. And she discussed her interest in getting more involved with various things that she's interested in, like music and acting. And this is what she said. She said, there is so much that I'm kind of creating right now. It's all under an umbrella. Like I said, I'm an actor, writer, producer, and extraordinary entertainer. All within those realms, I'm doing something. So you just have to stay tuned. You have a microphone. That's something big I want to do. Not podcasting, but music. That's probably, I don't know if that's the number one thing next, because acting, there are a lot of things coming up acting right now. I'm really starting to focus my mind around music and the music realm and being kind of a director in that space of creating a musical video piece. And this is really cool to hear because, of course, you know, Sasha Banks's cousin is Snoop Dogg. And so she has to hook up, you know, in that aspect. You know, I don't know if she could sing, but it would be cool if, you know, if she did try to sing or rap or something like that. That would be lit. And of course, you know, she has her she's had her um, presence in the Star Wars universe, like in the second season of The Mandalorian, when she was a Mandalore Costca Reeves. So with that in mind there's still so much that she could do and considering she was also in the intro part of the national championship um football game this past um year um between Alabama and Georgia there's just so much that she could do like she's won an SB she's just made all kinds of history and even she even has her own business with two other wrestlers in the 
cannabis business because she was on the cover of this magazine called I believe it was called cannabis today so Sasha is not hard up for anything at this point she really isn't like Miss Mercedes is out here proving that I know my worth and she's also making appearances at Comic Cons her and Trinity slash Naomi they're doing the dang thing outside of wrestling I feel like they're really in their I know my worth era and if this one place doesn't want to treat me like I'm worth something then I'm going to show you that I am worth something elsewhere and that I am wanted elsewhere and that's exactly what they're doing and I don't blame them for that because whatever the breakdown in the communication was it clearly set them off enough to where they wanted to walk away and let these people know that they don't necessarily need WWE going forward like if you want to suspend me for standing up for what I believe in and not wanting to participate in this creative thing and wanting to find a solution that we can both be happy with, I can be happy elsewhere. And if Sasha and Naomi or Mercedes and Trinity want to go and do different things outside of this while they're not participating in wrestling right now, then that's exactly what they should do. And I am not mad at them at all. Now, mind you, in my heart of hearts, I do miss them and wish they would, you know, come back and, you know, fix certain things and participate in the cool things, especially since there's been a leadership change since they've been gone. Um, but if they don't come back, it'll break my heart. But at the same time, they'll still be successful regardless. So I love it. And if you haven't seen the videos and the pictures of them at New York Fashion Week, I do recommend you go look at those because they slay. They seriously slay. And I'm just happy for them. So, yeah. Now, in less positive news, um, Patrick Clark, who was formerly known as the Velveteen Dream in NXT, has gotten into a little bit of more legal trouble. Um, So according to police documents that were obtained by TMZ, Patrick Clark was involved in an incident on August the 20th at a gym in Florida where he allegedly punched and bit an employee. According to the cops in the document, a senior employee at the gym told them that an altercation between him and Clark began after he said the wrestler had to leave an area that was closed for cleaning. The man claimed Clark went off on him and the employee asked Clark to leave the gym entirely. Clark allegedly made threats to kill the employee and then um and then the officers arrested Clark after they observed teeth marks on the employee's left chest near the left armpit. And then on top of that, he was arrested in Orlando, Florida on August the 26th for a charge of possession of drug paraphernalia. Um and he was arrested for first degree battery and trespassing on property after a warning and he's having a court date on September the 19th and what's so weird about all of this is the fact that all of this came out right as there were rumblings and rumors about him trying to talk about having a WWE return which a lot of people which some people were here for and other people weren't necessarily here for based off of his past allegations um and then this news came out and it makes me so sad because he was so talented and he had the world in his hands like he had a character that worked and he had a ooze about him to where you could see him being a future world champion in WWE 
And then all of this other stuff came out. You saw him on TV less and less, and then they got rid of him. And it just seems like he's just been on a downward spiral since then. And it's just so sad that someone that talented, you know, could have the world in their hands and then they just kind of let it go due to arrogance or whatever it is that's going on with him. But I hope he can pull it together um, and just try to be a better person throughout all of that. But those allegations and all the stuff that he's going through currently now, you know, from a criminal perspective, just doesn't seem like it's going to you know help him in the long run if he ever tries to become a wrestler again so it's sad you hate to see it but that's the world we're living in yeah moving on though something interesting and something cool that keeps happening is that the rock um is trying is basically being a hype man for the nfl while also owning the xfl (laughs) too but this week um the NFL season officially got underway um, with the game between the Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills at the SoFi Stadium, which is, of course, where they're having WrestleMania next year. Um, and he did the intro for it and everybody was hype and he had on this amazing red suit and it was cool. And he opened it up with a promo. He said, Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams, get out of your seats, stomp your feet. It's time to rampede. And then that's where the team came out. And the thing about this that just keeps blowing my mind is it, it all of this stuff that he keeps doing with the Los Angeles Rams just doesn't help me and my conspiracy theories about him coming back to wrestle Roman Reigns for this WrestleMania. It doesn't help. It really doesn't help between that and Young Rock where Young Roman Reigns was saying acknowledge me while watching wrestling with him and so many different things. None of it helps me because I bought my WrestleMania ticket just a few weeks ago. So yeah, shout out to God and my bank account. Um, I bought my WrestleMania tickets. I'm going both nights. And there's a part of me that really wants to believe that The Rock will have nothing else to do in 2023 and he'll come and he'll wrestle Roman Reigns and challenge him to see who the real tribal chief of the Anoa'i family is, okay? That's what I want. (laughs) I want it more than anything else in this world and I want to see it and I'm going to see it and I just want it to happen. So him coming back constantly and doing you know, these intros for these football games like he did for the Super Bowl and like he did Monday, like, well, not Monday, but Thursday. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help me. (laughs) He keeps dangling it in my face. And I'm just like, guys, come on. Like, oh my God. Like, it's just too much. Because if he comes back and wrestles Roman, I will lose my mind. Like, I'm already excited enough to go to WrestleMania anyway in California. Like, but if they announce that between now and freaking April of next year oh god oh god the just just know that your girl is gonna have an have an attack and I'll just spaz out and I'll just be on the floor and I might cry so yeah shout out to The Rock because he's doing so many things Black Adam released its second trailer you know, he's just doing all the things. Like I said, he owns the XFL with Danny Garcia. You know, he's just doing all the things. So shout out to The Rock for just being an awesome person. Like, seriously. He's making his dreams come true. Um, 
And then it also doesn't help that Triple H was in an interview with Ariel Hawani and he actually did talk about a conversation he had with The Rock about the both of them having a match a few years ago before he had he got sick and stuff. And I'm just like, so The Rock was supposed to wrestle you? And it didn't happen because of his scheduling and his movie stuff. And I'm just like, dang it, Rock. You owe us. <laughs> he owes us. But either way, regardless, shout out to him. And finally, in news and gossipish, Pat McAfee accepted a role on ESPN's College Game Day on the play-by-play desk with all of those amazing guys. I don't know all their names, but since he accepted that role, he's going to be off of SmackDown and he won't be doing commentary with Michael Cole anymore. Um, Well, not anymore, but for a while now. And I'm just like, dang it. And if y'all know college football, it's an all-encompassing thing that lasts for months until January. So that means for like the rest of this year, we won't get any more of Pat McAfee standing up on the desk, acting crazy and dancing to Shinsuke Nakamura's theme song and him and his energetic takes on things. Like that's going to be hard to get used to. And yeah, I know Corey Graves is there and Corey is a good commentator, you know, against everyone's you know judgments of him and stuff and people not really liking him because he rubs people the wrong way but I really feel like a part of rubbing a part of him rubbing people the wrong way is just the fact that he's a heel commentator he's a heel play-by-play commentator and it's just like he reminds me a lot of listening to those old wrestling tapes um and I would hear gorilla monsoon go back and forth with bobby the brain heenan or gorilla monsoon going back and forth with jesse the body ventura like that's what Corey graves kind of gives i'm not saying that he's really on their level of iconic stuff because clearly they're not but it's just the fact that that's what Corey Graves reminds me of when it comes to his heel commentary and he does get under people's skin but you can't pretend that he doesn't know his stuff he is a former wrestler um he is a former champion in NXT as well so it's not like you know he doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to wrestling or having a wrestling career of course that ended due to injury and stuff like that he knows his stuff And he makes really good, you know, pop culture references and stuff like that. So it's not like he's a stupid commentator. It's not like he's a loud mouth like some other people have been in commentary, but I won't get into that. Um, It's just he just rubs people the wrong way because that's his role. So, yeah. And I think really, honestly, Corey Graves has always been that guy to kind of jump back and forth between different shows and stuff because that's what he was doing when he was on NXT the first time as a commentator and then they were asking him to also be on 205 Live and also be on Raw and he was doing all these things and eventually they had to have him chill out and he had to choose one and he had to be on Raw and there's a reason why they have him there is because they trust him and they trust his voice and you know him being on smackdown i mean i'm not mad about it because him and michael cole have a rapport that they've built so i mean it works but it's just not as fun and as energetic as pat mcafee's is but you know pat will be back and it'll be okay and Corey will be on raw you know and everything will be okay even still he gets to antagonize byron saxton to the point to where i feel like him and byron might get to fighting one day but you will just have to see about that but either way 
it's it'll be okay michael and Corey will you know steer the ship and it'll be okay another part of me was hoping maybe they would ask kayla braxton because i believe kayla had a little bit of commentary stuff going on for that party that they have for that launch party they have for wrestlemania but i don't know but either way i do pray for the day they put a woman back on commentary like i do pray for that like a lot so yeah a woman's voice is needed a woman's intelligence is needed past being a ring announcer and past being an athlete or a referee like put a woman on commentary like please do i miss beth at nxt and i just and i miss renee young too like put a woman back on commentary or you know they could just hire me specifically like hire me like if i have to go through the training at nxt for commentary if you want to send me to commentary masterclass with some people i'll do it hire me wwe i'm a good commentator even though somebody tried to tell me i sucked the other day but you know he got handled so it's okay but anyway <laughs> that's all for news and gossipish and now we're gonna go to um my interview with wrestling champion and main eventer of black girl magic 2 karen bam bam I had the pleasure of calling her action at Black Girl Magic 2 in the main event with her match versus the Pan-African World Diaspora Champion, Trish Adora. And she's also a champion in and of herself. She is the Spartan Championship Wrestling Women's Champion. She is known as the conductor and the hottest and heaviest woman in pro wrestling. And she is also PRP. Like, she is also black wrestling podcast rank and like oh my god I, there's just so much i could say about her but this is karen bam bam and she is amazing so karen how are you this fine labor day thank you for joining me of course and happy birthday i lost my thank phone you. so i didn't get to see anything but I'm just feeling very rested and rejuvenated. I was not on the parkway, although I was <laughs> invited, but oh, I needed to rest my body and my mind. So I'm feeling like really good. That's good. That's great. It is good to feel rested. Like basically I've just slept all day today. So <laughs> I totally get it. And then I woke up and I ate and I just been reading and chilling out. So I totally get it. And I'm just so happy that you were able to come on because I've just been enraptured by you and your performance since I first saw you and since I met and had the pleasure of calling your action and watching you wrestle. And I just had to have you on, ma'am. So thank you so much for joining me. Of course, of course, you know, got to support these Black women in wrestling. And, you know, I'm happy to, you know, discuss with you because you were there with us at Black Girl Magic. And if I'm not mistaken, you're going to be on the Comic-Con panel with uh, Katrina as well for Black women in wrestling. So, oh, yeah. you know, we definitely have to keep this conversation going and keep talking about, you know, Black women in wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So I want to start with the question that I ask everybody um, when they first come on, and that is, when did you fall in love with wrestling? 
the first time I did, it was through my brother. I was like six years old and he was like obsessed with it. So I was. And then to be honest, I kind of fell off with it a little bit, you know, just with all the things I had going on as a young adult. But I rediscovered it in my early 20s. And, you know, I was at a SummerSlam one year um, and it just came to me and something told me, like, I should give this a try. And you know, I wanted to wrestle when I was in high school, but, you know, I guess I kind of doubted myself and people kept planting these like seeds of doubt. So I never did it. And so I wanted to kind of do something for, you know, my teenage self and kind of give myself the chance to try it out. And I'm still here. <laughs> That's amazing. Cause it's just, I find that sometimes the older we get, the more we sort of feel like maybe we're losing touch with that younger part of ourselves because we get so caught up in adulting right but then but then it's just like even like this weekend like I did some things to actually get back in touch with my playful and youthful side um and it's just sometimes you do have to do that even though other people might think it's funny or other people might look at you like you're crazy so um you said that you had people who were planning doubts in your mind like were these people who were like really close to you like did you tell them like this was like your dream and you wanted to pursue this and they were telling you you shouldn't oh yeah it was just people that you know were friends in high school and I told them I wanted to do it and they were like oh like you know you're gonna be like the only girl and it's that and the third and like how's it gonna work and it's just like all these little things and it's like plenty of people doing it now and you see so many like young women doing it now regardless of you know if there's a women's team or not but like you know it was just like really hard for me to like um give myself a chance to do things because I had even tried out for like the cheerleading team and like I really could have actually gotten it but like halfway through I kind of just gave up on myself I'm like I was just in that kind of place when I was younger you know and so it's kind of weird that you eventually come to be more in touch with your child like self and your inner child as an adult sometimes more than when you're at that age because at a certain point you just get tired of what other people think or like other people's limitations and it's like no I know what I want and I'm gonna go do that you know exactly and I'm so glad that you were able to do that and actually pursue wrestling the way that you wanted to do it and just say forget all these people f all the doubters f the haters I'm gonna do this (laughs) because in life you just have to do that and I'm so glad that you were able to do it because I mean look at you now like wow um (laughs) so yeah and I find that a lot of wrestlers do start you know when they're like in middle school or in high school or whatever but you rarely hear about you know women been doing it but hopefully it'll get a little bit better though yeah I mean and I think from my experiences I see a lot of women struggle with it this is like a very you know male dominated industry and like coming up you know you have to kind of either have a strong support system of women that you feel comfortable training with or you have to you know be tough and get these men in line because I mean when I started I was not having (laughs) the nonsense like you're not going to put me on the sidelines you're not going to baby me I want to learn you feeling uncomfortable is hindering me being better because now I go into these scenarios with this doubt and with this like you know weird energy because that's how you're treating me so you know I kind of had to be a B-I-T-H you know so that you respect me you want to hold the door for me when we leave and this, that, and you want to be a gentleman? I respect that. And I honor that. 
And I respect that you may not feel comfortable being physical with a woman, you know, fine. But when we in the ring, <laughs> we all wrestlers. That's just what it is. Yeah. And and honestly, I don't even look at it as you being, you know, a B. I feel like that's just you being assertive in who you are and assertive in what you want. And honestly, that that word and that phrasing of it, I feel like is only used to sort of put us down in a sense when we're, you know, being assertive in what we want, because some people aren't used to it. So they feel the need to sort of press you down and make you feel like, oh, you're doing too much. But in actuality, you're doing exactly the right amount that would be accepted if it were someone else. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel that it's especially weaponized towards Black women because it's, you know, now you're being angry and now you're being aggressive. And it's like, well, if I don't get that way, then y'all don't do what you should do in the first place. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I hate to get like that, but it's like, I just get so tired of certain things. And it's like, you know, I want to be nice and I want to be happy. But then now you start feeling like you can step all over me and I'm not having that, <laughs> you know? I invested in myself. You know, I went and got professional training the right way. I spend thousands of dollars on my gear. I come up with creative promos. I put 100% into what I do, 110%. And I try my best to help people up, even though I haven't gotten that same help. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not doing all of that for people to waste my time. You know what I'm saying? I'm simply not. <laughs> exactly. I totally get it. So... When exactly did you officially decide that I'm going to do this and this is going to be my career? Or when did you say you felt the call finally to go ahead and pursue this as a career? So I was about like 24, you know, and thank goodness, because like I have the utmost respect for these little 18 year olds and 16 year olds. Good for you. Couldn't be me. I was hood ratting it up in the streets and I wouldn't change that because I needed to grow as a person because I also fear for those young people growing up in this environment. Um, But yeah, I was like about 24 and I had just started watching, you know, wrestling again. And, you know, it just kind of came to me. It was like just out of nowhere, like I should do this. And at the time, I was, like, in the middle of, like, trying to, you know, get healthier and stuff. I was, like, at 325 at the time. And I was, like, really just trying to bring that down a little bit. And so I told myself, oh, like, when I drop, like, you know, 100 or 75 or whatever, then I'll go and I'll look for a school. But, you know, I had just been researching and researching and researching. And I got on the phone with Johnny Rods, who would become my trainer. And. You know, he was talking my hair off as he does and kind of convinced me to come in. And that week I went to a show they were having that Saturday and then I ended up starting training that next Monday. Wow. So that's pretty quick. Um, but then at the same time, I see that you were trying to decide what like to get to a certain point to do it, like in your own sort of weight loss journey. But then you decided not to. But then you decided to not focus so much on that and just go ahead and do it. Yeah, because it just it felt right. Like, you know, and I'm someone I tend to take on a lot of different things at once. So that had been the reason it was just like I'm kind of focused on building, you know, healthy habits and I want to be in, you know, the best shape for me. I'm never going to be skinny and I don't think everyone needs to be. But, you know, 
I want to be where I feel, you know, my best, which is usually around like a 220-ish or 230-ish. So, you know, but, you know, it just kind of lined up. Like, I just had the time to come in. I came in, you know, I had the money saved up to do it. So, you know, I had enough to kind of put that down payment on the training and stuff like that. I had the schedule. So, you know, I just said, F it. Like, if it's lining up, I'm not going to deny myself the opportunity, you know. I 100% get it. So you said that you did have um, your trainer. Um, what exactly were some of the greatest lessons that you learned, you know, from your trainer? Um, and if you had any other trainers, what were some of the best lessons that you learned from them? I think a lot of it, you know, compared to a lot of the other trainers around, um, he's very old school, you know, so he's a lot of the lessons you get are in the office and a lot of people miss that because you have this old man talking to you and riddles and so it's like yeah oh, i just want to go get in the ring but it's like honestly it was very much worth it to me because a bump is a bump and you can learn that almost at any school unless it's just not meant to be a school it's like one of those scams but any reputable mm-hmm. trainer can teach you how to do a move that's not gonna sustain you you know what i'm saying like you have to know to protect yourself. You have to know how to do business. You have to know how to keep your head on straight. You have to know how to protect your mentality. And, you know, especially him being, you know, a black Puerto Rican man, you have to know how to navigate <laughs> this business with all of this. You know what right. I'm saying? Even though it was a different time for him, it was the 70s, it's still relevant today. <laughs> so you have to be aware. You know, and I I keep a lot of the things that I've learned, even going through training with other people. And I kind of just float around, you know, I've gone to the Worldwide Dojo a little bit. You know, I went to like XWA once and I was out of Fallout a little bit. It's like I kind of just go wherever now, but I feel like I can do that because I have a strong foundation mentally, you know. That's great. And would you mind saying the name of that trainer that you mentioned um, before that you were talking about? Yeah. So I was originally trained by Johnny Rods. At okay, the, Johnny Rods. Yeah. So he was in the E for a little bit around like the 70s and stuff like that. So. Okay, well, shout out to Johnny Rods. We'll say your name, um, definitely. And I'm so glad that you were able to learn those lessons, you know, because a lot of rest is like, even though I've never wrestled myself before, um, it's just like whenever I hear any wrestlers talking about the training that they did receive, you know, mm-hmm. in the ring, it's also important the, the life lessons that you learn outside too. So I'm really glad that Johnny Rods was able to give you that and you're able to take that and apply it to wherever it is you go. So definitely definitely shout out to him like that's great and I'm glad that you're strong mentally and you're able to apply those lessons basically just regardless to where you're at like that's really good so um hmm I want to decide where I'm gonna go next (laughs) what huh (laughs) you have a fork in the road (laughs) yes so what were some of the other um, adversities that you faced as you started your wrestling training? And how did you overcome them? I think one of the most glaring issues I feel like was like 
a lot of people having difficulty with training different bodies, you know, and I feel like what I don't enjoy a lot of times about wrestling school is people want to take their class and just cherry pick the people who are athletically ideal to them or who have the skill set that they find valuable because whoever your trainer is oftentimes has their own style. You know, maybe they're more lucha based or and they like to do a lot of aerial stuff. So I'm just going to cling to the people who can do that. And I'm a very big like proponent of like you have to be able to teach all of your students how to use what they have the best. Because, you know, if everyone's the same, then where do you tell stories? You know, we're not in the business of just being gymnasts or being (laughs) or stuntmen. We are storytellers, too. Mm -hmm. And me being able to do what I do opens up a realm of possibilities for storytelling, just as much as a six foot four girl or a four foot nine chick or someone who's 120 pounds or 300 pounds like you know, different cultures, different personalities, different, you know, backgrounds and skill sets. You know, you have to be able to help people at their own pace as well. Because I didn't learn a lot of those basics quickly. You know, for certain things that people could learn in a week or two, it took me like two or three months instead. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like for instance, with rolling, like it took me a while to do that. But now my rolling is quieter than most people. And I'm like twice a lot of people's size. But that's patience and that's growth and that's dedication. That's why they say hard work beats talent 10 times out of 10. Because I've seen a lot of people come and go, oh, you got a six pack and you got a judo background here, this or that. But they didn't last two seconds. Mm. But I outlasted what a lot of people thought I would because I'm a hard worker and I'm dedicated and I put in the time. You know what I'm saying? Give people a chance to be great. Even if they aren't in the time that you want, you still have to have the patience and the range to be able to, you know, adjust certain things to someone being a little shorter, a little bigger, a little smaller. People have to do things differently, you know? It goes with yoga, too, because a lot of people come to me and say, oh, I can't do it. No, you can. You have to listen to your body and you have to adjust it to what your body can do. And wrestling has to be like that sometimes, (laughs) you know, certain things you have to bring your leg in a little more. You have to give yourself more room where you have to do stuff. And the people that are teaching this new generation have to be smart enough and patient enough to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm learning so many things from you right now. And you're right. Like, you can't, you know, expect to stay the same and think that everything is going to apply to everybody. Like, you can't just have, like, a default way of doing things because everybody has different journeys and everybody doesn't look the same or move the same and all of that. And I'm really glad that you actually said everything that you said about training and how you have to apply it to different people and make it a little bit more inclusive. And I feel like that's something that people are pushing for in so many different ways in wrestling and even out of wrestling is for stuff to be more inclusive for everybody instead of just thinking that this one default way applies to everybody else. And I'm glad that you actually mentioned that on my show because I've, because I feel like I've heard it a couple of times, but not really put that way before in terms of people um, having different body body types. And I'm glad that you said that. 
Yeah, you know. I'm but, so happy that you said that. <laughs> you know, I have to speak my experience, you know, because, you know, like I have a belly. You know, so if I try to crouch down, like I cannot crouch as tiny as someone who doesn't, you know, right. what I'm saying? especially because I'm shorter. If I were taller, it'd be more spread out, but it's not, you know what I'm saying? And I was so thankful that, you know, this um, dude that used to train with us, Dex, he was like, oh, and so after a while, people aren't there as often once they start to spread their wings. But, you know, he kind of came back and advocated for me. It's like, you're not teaching her the right way. You know, mm-hmm. she needs a little bit more room. She needs to kind of step out a little more. And then I was like, okay, now it's working out for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm glad that that person was able to advocate for you in that as well. And I'm glad that you didn't give up even when it seemed like it was tough. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I have come to just have to accept that certain things are going to be harder for me. I'm not going to be the ideal for people, which is the crazy thing because I connect so much so easily yeah when when i go out there but it's really it's not the audience (laughs) that's the issue half the time it's the gatekeepers and the people that you know think that only one type of woman is gonna work in this you know and it's just like it saddens me too when i see it at a school level because it's like you know you want one person to succeed and you have so much talent in a room and you don't even see it. And you're going to work so hard to force one person to be successful instead of just, you know, understanding how much opportunity is out there and how much abundance is out there. And if you really put the same energy into all of the kids that you have that are ready to work, you could do so much better for the school. You could bring so much more people in. You could, you know, help (laughs) other people grow faster because they're going out there and getting valuable experiences but you know the thing that is kind of sad about wrestling is it's a lot of powerless people and a lot of people gain a little power in it and want to use their power over instead of for people mm-hmm. and I try my best to use it for people as much as possible you know what little I do have you know definitely that was well said so my next question for you is, is since you have been wrestling and since you've been active, um, how has the independent wrestling scene treated you um, in terms of your growth as a wrestler so far? Um, It's been shaky. You know, it hasn't been super easy, you know, because a lot of what I've done for myself is hasn't been through, you know, the system. You know, when you go into a school, you have some where you kind of train and then you go off and kind of figure it out yourself later on. And then you have others that can kind of open those doors for you. And as soon as they feel you're ready, they can just place you in these very easy places. And I didn't really have that, you know. I had to climb up out the gutter and I had to earn a lot of the things that I got, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I've been lucky enough to get very far. So now, you know, I'm in a really good place. I can't complain, you know, and it goes back to what I said before, where it's like, I have to realize that I'm not going to be for everyone. And it's hard not to compare or feel like I should be, you know, this place or that place. But it's like, not everybody know what to do with me. And it's like, I shouldn't bring my standard down. I shouldn't sacrifice with the amount of investment I put into my craft to work for someone who doesn't understand what I bring to the table. If you don't know what to do with it, that's you. You know, I wish you the best. But I have to 
work with people who are in alignment with me and who right. understand me. Because I was getting drained. I'm like, I'm putting so much work into every booking that I have. And then it's not even being appreciated. So like, it's just a disconnect. I can't do nothing about that. I can do what I do and either it works for you or it doesn't. But it has to work for me because I got to look out for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's just where I'm at now. And it's just like, I'm just focusing more on quality over quantity and you know, being places where I really can do my best work, you know. Yeah, you want to be at a place where you're valued. And honestly, you want to work for people who are going to seek to value you and actually want to, you know, put you out there, you know, with no strings attached to it. And I am wishing that for you as you go further along, definitely, because I feel like now in wrestling, we're kind of learning now that everybody isn't doesn't necessarily want like the best for you all the time. It's like they want what they can get out of you for a quick thing and then sort of discard you once they're finished. And Mm -hmm. and I am and honestly, like I am also learning myself that you don't necessarily have to be a part of everything or do everything in order to be, you know, a purposeful person or a purposeful presence in wrestling or also just in life, period. So mm-hmm. I am continuing, you know, to send that type of energy for you in your career because you deserve, yeah, you deserve to be in a place where people will value you and not just seek to just, you know, suck what they can get out of you. And then after that, they just throw you away or toss you aside and just pretend that who you are isn't the ish because i mean it is so um yeah i'm just hoping that for you thank you thank you and you know it's been hard to accept that but it's like i'm starting to appreciate it because the past two years i've been very ill you know like Mm -hmm. when wrestling came back after the pandemic i had like a pulmonary embolism and i was working through that and i was not supposed to be wrestling but i didn't want to let people down you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. that could have killed me that was dangerous you know what i'm saying and then you know recently i had a very bad injury in my ankle where you know i (laughs) like it was something like a torn um what is it the achilles like it felt like there was nothing there after one of my matches and still Mm -hmm. you know but that's you know the dedication that I have it's a little stupid like I'm not gonna you know (laughs) but it's like you know people don't realize the sacrifice and the pain that you fight through to show up you know what I'm saying and it's like at this point you know it, it can't fall on deaf ears I can't go out there and bust my ass and have people out on their you know feet and then it's like you're treating me like <laughs> you you know like some little recycling on the street like right. ain't no fucking way I could be home I could be resting my foot I could be caring for myself I could be at the spot I could be with my family like I have other things I could be doing I could be making money in a lot of other ways you know what I'm saying like <laughs> my time is not to be wasted at this point <laughs> exactly definitely so would you say that your fan base has grown since you've matriculated through your wrestling career? I feel like, yes, it's, it's growing. You know what I'm saying? And I, I feel like I'm a very um, 
love or just don't understand person. It's like the people that really bang with me, they get it. It's kind of the girls that get it, get it. And the girls that don't, don't. <laughs> and it's like those who get it really bang with me. And I'm like super appreciative of that. You know what I'm saying? There's a certain, you know, je ne sais quoi that I just bring. Like there's not really anyone else out there like me right now on any level. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, even as a person too, because like, I don't play into like the little foo-foo stuff that people do. Like I keep it a buck. <laughs> I'm from the right. Bronx, keep it a hundred percent. I'm not around to be liked. I'm just around to be respected and to be great. And you know, if you bang with it, you bang with it. If you don't, <laughs> sorry to that man. Sorry to you. my Kiki Palmer voice. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't do nothing about it. Right. I know there's girls out there that's angry. You can be mad, honey. Therapy is available to you. I can't do anything about that because I I don't do anything snaky. I don't bring nobody down. But I speak my truth and I I keep it a hundred percent. You know, I'm perfectly imperfect. I ain't gonna say you know I'm a perfect person. But there's never no ill will towards nobody, and you gonna do what you gonna do with that. <laughs> so. Definitely, like I totally get it. Like if you're like you can't be it's like you can only be for the people who are for you and if you're not for me then okay mm -hmm. okay <laughs> okay okay <laughs> i get it so what so to move a little bit away from wrestling what are some of your hobbies outside of it Ooh, i have like so many <laughs> going back to the fact that i just I'm always doing entirely too much. But recently I took up belly dancing, mm -hmm. which I love because I feel like wrestling can sometimes put me in my, you know, masculine energy with all this fighting, aggression and advocating. So I just wanted something where I could just exist and just kind of, you know, enjoy it and just, you know, keep my spirits up and just have something that's for me, you know. Because I feel like sometimes with wrestling, you have to give so much of your personal life up and everything you do has to be for consumption. And it's something that is just for me to do. Um, I also sew and crochet clothing, which I enjoy because <laughs> that was mm -hmm. also a childhood thing I love to do to design and make clothing. And um, I don't know if I call it a hobby, but, you know, I also do a lot of, like, tarot, oracle readings and stuff, like, so. mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, that's pretty cool stuff, and I love how you mentioned belly dancing, because when I was in college, my senior year, um, I actually took um, Middle Eastern dance for a semester, mm -hmm. and that was absolutely fun. Like, I absolutely loved it. Um, shout out to Nashwa. She was my teacher. It was so fun. Like, we had to... Um, like create routines like for our final and everything and we and I got to discover you know Middle Eastern music and listen to more of that and they got some bangers because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very complex compared to Western music and it's like it's just like just trying to get in the pocket of that with my dance has just been like really fun to explore you know it's very like fun passionate music too so I've been loving it too 
Yeah, like I and in, and in, and I love how you were talking about doing too much. My routine for my final was to a was to a Middle Eastern song that was six minutes, and I don't know what I did that for, <laughs> but I did it because that was the song that spoke to me the most. And we had our costumes, and I bought my um my belt and everything that I just love to shake with and all that. I still have it, and it was just I had the time of my life in that class. I had so much fun. So I totally get it. I love to dance. <laughs> yeah, me too. Just keep your spirits up, you know? Just shake off your energy a little bit. Keep your spirits high. Have fun too, you know? <laughs> you got to release your wiggle, like Beyonce says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that new album. Huh? I said, that new album got me doing it. Jesus. Like, that <laughs> album has crack in it. I haven't stopped listening to it. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. I love Beyonce and then her and then she and I have the same birthday too. So it's just oh uh-huh. So she and I just have that Virgo energy and then she released the new album on me and my boyfriend's anniversary too. So it was just too much. <laughs> she be tying up with my life a lot and she don't even know me. But oh my god. <laughs> I love that lady so much. Oh Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's the my icon. inspiration. The icon lord. <laughs> <laughs> Beezus. <laughs> oh, yes. So, and also, you also mentioned that you crochet, you um, make clothes, too. Do you make your own gear? I did at one point, but, you know, I stopped just for separation because mm-hmm. I get a little um, <laughs> crazy when it comes to, like, my work and so I wanted to kind of separate that and keep it as a hobby because mm-hmm. I, I do feel like it's very important to have things separate from your work and to be able to do it with just joy in and of itself and not me having to like finish something by this deadline I need it for this show because then I'm just like frantic now yeah yeah because I actually was like trying to make a crochet gear for black girl magic but it was just taking me oh. out of my element like I was up like having like sleepless nights and it, you know it takes so much time and so I was just like look I just want to enjoy the experience of being at the show we only do it once a year and I don't want to be like with these you know red eyes and bags and just be <laughs> you know tired trying to overdo it as one usually does <laughs> yeah it's so funny you mentioned that that reminds me of that video Bianca Belair posted when she was making her Wrestlemania gear for last year and she was mm-hmm. up past 4 a.m and I was like girl if you don't go to bed <laughs> go to bed but she was she was adamant about making her gear and it turned out to be beautiful and I understand but Jesus go to sleep yeah. <laughs> shout out to Bianca for that <laughs> yeah because it, it's it's hard, you know. Wrestling does takes out enough, you know, where you travel every weekend and you're having a train and go to the gym and keep your schedule. And then now you're sewing stuff too. Like, you know, I respect that, and I've done it too. But like, I just needed a break from it because I I was like, girl, like, I don't know how she do it, but bless that woman. I I love me some Bianca though. <laughs> mm-hmm, me too. I love her so much. I, I I do. I have so many shirts of her. Like, I have her match with Sasha Banks hanging up on my wall in my room like it's too much it's too much um but yeah back to you though what was the inspiration behind your character 
Karen Bam Bam, and also all the names that you call yourself that I mentioned earlier in your in, in the intro. Like, what were the inspirations behind the conductor, behind the hottest and heaviest in wrestling, and all of those different things? Like, what was that? Where did that come from? I think things just come to me, and it's like I just I don't know. I feel like. I'm kind of like a poet in some sense, like stuff just be coming to me and it's just like, I just make it work because I try to be as authentic as possible, you know, and I try not to force anything. So like in promos, I'd been kind of talking a lot about like momentum at one time. And I was like, what if I just go with the conductor? Like it kind of goes with this theme, like, you know, I'm very fast for my size and I'm also a very sizable person. So like that reminds me of like a train. So I went with that. And you know, everything else like I don't know, I just be thinking I just talk a lot of shit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh like, I throw a lot of shit against the wall and you know, see that it sticks. You know, and I try not to paint myself too heavily into a corner, which is why then I have so many like, you know, um aliases you know all of what i do is just me <laughs> turned up to like a thousand you know i'm just in my bliss i'm just having fun i'm celebrating myself as i am mm-hmm. you know away from the expectation that every like larger woman has to be in like all black and have to be like and it's like i love that don't get me wrong but it's just it's not for me you know like <laughs> I'm a, you know, girly girl. I, I do have a tomboyish personality. I'm a little aggressive, but you know, outside mm. of that, I love my colors. I love my little nails, my makeup, my ears. Yes. I love to dance and have fun. Yes. I love bringing people up. That's fun too, a little bit. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it's just, I'm just celebrating myself. I'm celebrating, you know, my love for the sport. I'm celebrating every moment that I get to have on the road and in the ring. You know? <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. And I love all of your, you know, feminine qualities that you bring to it as well. So I 100% get it. And I just love all of your ring names too, because it's just really cool. And then I remember when you told me you were called yourself the conductor and then you had this hat. And those are the kind of hats I love. Like, I love those hats. And I, one day I'm going to buy myself one of them hats, I promise. But it's just. They're just so cute and they remind you of a captain or they remind you of somebody, you know, who's in charge of like some large transportation. So it's just like, mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> when I saw it, I got it immediately. So I, I love it. I'm it's glad. Because <laughs> I'm not the most eloquent person. Like, this is like so much like, going on in my brain. It's like, I'm never sure if it like translates or <laughs> like makes sense though. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate that. You know, you get what I'm, you know. I get it. That. <laughs> I 100% get it. I get it, you know. So, how would you say you feel about the state of Black women in wrestling? What's good about Black women in wrestling and what could be improved, you know, for us as well? I think the good was showcased at Black Girl Magic. Like, you know, I feel like some people or promoters treat like being a black woman like that's just the gimmick in and of itself. Like you're just the black girl that's here. And it's like, no, like when you watch the show for as many people say that, oh, we can't find, you know, enough 
female talent, this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. You had a full show, and every match was different. You had, you know, women with darker gimmicks, and you had, you know, your legit folks, like, you know, Bonesaw and Blade. You know, you had two legit, you know, black women tag teams who do tag together they just weren't slapped together for the show they were actual tag partners you know you had dope women like you know Gia Scott and Demacris that deserved you know more love you know (laughs) there was just Mm -hmm. so much there you know what I'm saying and that was just one show in and of itself so like you know it frustrates me sometimes when I see some you know women out there that I feel deserve their flowers and that are dope you know what I'm saying and then maybe a similar situation to what I feel like goes on with me where some people just don't know what to do with you. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, and that's kind of, I guess, the con side of it. But I just feel like it's so hard already because like most places have like a women's division and I'm so against that (laughs) kind of because I feel like it's so limiting. You know, then it just turns into places only having one or two matches for a two, three hour show, which limits the spots. And now in the society that we're in, how many times are those spots going to go to talented black women? You know what I'm saying? It's it's just not really going to be a lot of opportunity there. You know, I feel like when you can just put, you know, together stories that make sense, regardless of these like boxes that we put people in that just grants so much more opportunity. Because now maybe you have half the people on the card are women, maybe 75% are, maybe two are. You're doing what makes sense for the talent that you have and giving the best possible opportunities instead of trying to shove people into these narrow divisions where, you know, there's not very much opportunity. So, like, you know, if you have me on your roster, if you just don't happen to have any women available, I don't get to work. (laughs) Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people that I could work with. Yeah. Yeah. And it also comes down to levels of leadership as well from people like I like we said earlier, who doesn't who don't necessarily value um women as much as they should. And definitely in terms of black women as well. It's almost like the equality level of it, it's like there's a level to it where it's given to one type of woman and then it's like it's a trickle down and then it hits us and it's just kind of like why can't it just be for everybody except for like one type of woman first and then and then black women again like why can't it just be for everyone and I completely understand you know where that comes from and what that frustration is but even with people who don't value us it's like you said you can't waste your time you know running towards them and trying to make them see because if they don't want to see then they're never going to see it so we have to remember to just push our energy towards the things that actually do matter and do actually value us because you can't make nobody you know you can't say nobody that just don't want to be saved so you know know, you gotta save yourself Yeah, (laughs) definitely but we've shown with events like black girl magic and even like events like empower even though those had everybody in it it's like that we deserve 
more opportunities to go for various things the same way men do. So either way, I feel like eventually, basically, even if nobody else sees it, we see the value in ourselves. And I feel like more and more wrestling is going to reflect that with the way that we take charge. So absolutely you know there are a lot of you know black women out there that aren't just the best women wrestlers they are just one of the best period exactly and given that we don't make up the large percentage of wrestling that should say something to people that should say take a second look that should say think about the ways in which you're recruiting and don't just go off of, you know, that you see some, you know, fair skinned person that fits your type and that's how I'm going to book. No, like actually look at what's going on around you and pay attention to the way people are responding to some of these talents that you may not appreciate off the rip. Mm-hmm. Wrestling should reflect the world in which we live. Mm-hmm. And we Absolutely. all up in here. <laughs> Everybody here. So, <laughs> yes. Definitely. So with that in mind, I want to ask you, since we were both a part of it, um, how did it feel when you were told that you were going to participate in Black Girl Magic 2 and also just being told that you were going to main event it against Trisha Dora, who is so acclaimed and so talented and is one of our longer reigning champions in wrestling? Um, I was very humbled by it just because at the time I wasn't really sure if I was going to continue in wrestling, you know what I'm saying? Because again, with with everything that was going on, you know, and just having to constantly fight to be heard, it was like, do I really want to keep fighting? And so for someone to believe in me enough, you know, to see me as someone who could main event their show, you know, and could you know, headline and and be in that position with someone that, you know, I have this level of respect for, you know, who is an excellent, excellent professional wrestler and just a cool ass person to begin with, you know, like it I was very honored, you know, and I'm still, you know, very just you know kind of floating from that you know that's kind of just what I had needed personally just you know the energy at that show was like amazing and it just kind of you know reinvigorated me you know what I'm saying and it definitely just challenges me to push and see how much more I can do you know what I'm saying I don't feel like I've reached my peak at all you know but (laughs) What I'm about to get into, like, is gonna be on some different shit. Like, I'm, I'm kind of just recouping and resting and recovering and, you know, training now that I'm more healed up. But like, I'm really trying to tear some mess down in, you know, the next year or so. And honestly, I can't really wait to do it. Yeah, and me. Being still learning about um, the independent, you know, wrestling scene, I had heard of you on social media, but never really saw you because I'm from Alabama. Um, so it's just, yeah, there's just, there's only, you know, so much that I had knew about it because I was exposed to wrestling via television from the bigger, you know, mainstream shows. So I'm still learning about independent wrestling, you know, from last year up until now. 
but seeing you in action at Black Girl Magic like lit me on fire <laughs> and calling uh-huh. and calling your action with Trisha Dora and then with Faye of course which I'm going to ask you about um <laughs> it's just was just one of the most amazing and most exhilarating feelings I'd ever had being a part of the show was exhilarating because I mean I'm a black woman and being on the show with all black women and then calling the action with another black woman who's an icon and with her being the first woman I ever called action with, like all of that put together, you know, was just a beautiful moment for me. And it just made me feel like even more fulfilled than and full of purpose more than I've felt, you know, that than I already feel anyway. So it was just a beautiful moment and watching you two tear it up like it was back and forth and back and forth to the point that I didn't even know who was going to win. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. Um and it pro- like but when you came out with the win I was like, "Wow. Look at her." <laughs> this is so great. And then and then look at Trish too. Like I felt like there really weren't any losers in this. It, we were all winners. Like, I know that's corny to say, but I feel like we were all winners and just the whole show and the vibe of it was beautiful. All of it was great. But in you winning that match and then being challenged by Faye Jackson, who, like I said, is an icon in wrestling, you know, amongst black women. (laughs) um, And then the fact that she came out of retirement to want to fight you next year for Black Girl Magic 3 in 2023. How did that make you feel? What was that moment like? Like, were you spinning? Like, did you almost want to cry? What was it? How did you feel? Oh, I felt like I was about to explode into confetti because, like, <laughs> yes. last year, Black Girl Magic was around the time that she had retired. And that was supposed to be the first time that we had shared a ring together. Oh, wow. And, like, you know, we have known each other for a bit and like we never really got to work with each other and I was so excited to do it and then you know the retirement came so I was just like very disappointed because that was someone that you know I really you know have a lot of respect for you know Mm -hmm. she had gotten her start a little bit before me and you know when I had kind of came out and started doing my thing there were you know some comparisons there but you know and a lot of people were kind of trying to make it seem like oh well like you can't be you know who you are because well Faye is here and I'm like well me and Faye are two different people like we do have some similarities yes we are some lit ass fine ass black women but like they're still we're still two individuals like and I hate that mentality because you can see a lot of blonde chicks that if you put them in a room nobody can tell them apart and nobody's saying, oh, you need to change. Oh, you need to dye your hair red. Or you need to change your personality. But as soon as there's two beautiful, vibrant Black women in a room, now they can't be both of us. No, like mm-hmm. we both can shine and we both can be ourselves. And, you know, I have so much respect for her, you know, because she kind of hit the scene before me. So with all the stuff that I've been through, I can't imagine what, you know, she has experienced, you know, coming out before me and to for her to decide to come out of retirement to face me, I'm just honestly, again, humble and and really ready, you know, to do that because, 
you know, I knew when she's, you know, first said she was retired. And most people say, oh, you never stay retired, <laughs> you know. I yeah. have respect for that, you know. And, you know, to decide that then and there from seeing, you know, me getting ready to main event, just to have that confirmation that, like, oh, I got to come back <laughs> and be like, Again, it, it's another sign that I feel like I'm doing the right thing by continuing my career. And I, there's a lot of work ahead as well. Like, I'm not sleeping on it at all because I respect that decision. And I want to make sure that I give her my best, you know, come next summer as well. Yeah, definitely. And I am putting in the universe that I'm going to be there and I'm going to call that <laughs> um, as well. Hopefully I'll be able to go and they'll book me for that because I just have to see it. Considering I witnessed that moment happen and had to call the rest of the moment, you know, myself. Um, it was just astounding to witness, honestly. And it was just so beautiful, everything that she said. It's like she gave you all of your flowers, gave Trish all of her flowers and said, look, I'm coming out of retirement to face you. And I'm just and I'm sitting there because the whole night she sat next to me and pretend and basically said, you know, that she was retired. And I'm thinking, you know, OK, well, we're going to still, you know, talk about you, you know, in the sense like you're retired and you have all this experience and now you're finished. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> she got me but it's okay though shout out to Faye I love her so much like, <laughs> she got me too because when she was like who do you think you gonna face I'm like who <laughs> who could it be me you <laughs> right it was crazy but and I even mentioned it on commentary like you're never really retired in wrestling and <laughs> that's exactly what she did she proved my point <laughs> but I'm so excited for you that you get to you know have that and experience that even when it looked like it wasn't gonna happen it still turned around you know for you're good and it still wound up happening mm -hmm. and I can't wait for that and I can't wait to see you bring it to her like that's gonna be killer so speaking of opponents who has been your favorite opponent to face so far that's probably such a rough question <laughs> like, I feel like everybody brings something so different let me see what have I done this year I'm like trying to think like <laughs> I have like the memory of like a goldfish so I'm like what have I done <laughs> um I feel like I definitely had a lot of fun and I just posted it on YouTube so it's coming to mind but like myself and Alec Price had like two matches last year that were really fun mm -hmm. And I feel like it's because we just oppose each other in such an interesting way, which is why I'm also like, you know, an advocate for, you know, just letting people wrestle who it makes sense because there's not a lot of people like me. There's not a lot of people like him. And he like the skinny, tall, little <laughs> white boy from Boston. And I'm this, you know, short, fucking strong black woman from the Bronx. And we just beat the crap out of each other. And it was great. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, um, I love all of my matches differently. I, I try to look at every match as a unique story to tell because, again, that's what we're there to do. And so many people go in and like just try to wrestle by numbers. And it's like, no, I really think it through. Like, what can I do? <laughs> you know, how can I prepare for this person? Like, I, I see you. I see what you do. 
how do I need to approach that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps me passionate and, and ready for it. But that's one match that comes to mind. And I would also like to have, you know, another chance to work with Jocelyn and Latasha because they were in my first match at Black Girl Magic. And we had a triple threat, but, you know, I would love to work with them individually as well. Honestly, I'll, and if I'm talking about who I'd love to work, I'd love to work with <laughs> everyone who I haven't that was at this past show, too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, do you have any more dream opponents? I just want to, like, wrestle everyone one time. But, like, <laughs> um, like if we're going to say a dream, like, if ever, <laughs> I don't know if I see myself being contracted, but if ever I got the chance to, like, work with, like, Bianca, that would be good. <laughs> And yeah. I would love to work with Aja Kong as well, because that was a big inspiration for me. <laughs> so, and awesome concert. Mm-hmm. It's so funny you mentioned Bianca. If you ever fought Bianca, I wouldn't even know who to root for. I'd just sit down and just watch it. <laughs> yeah. I would that just, would be crazy. <laughs> I would just sit and watch it and just weep and just cry. And just be like, look at these women. And just just cry the whole match and then cry <laughs> at the end, regardless of who wins. And then I'll just oh, it would just be amazing. Oh my god. Oh my god. It blows it blows my mind just thinking about it. It would just be insane. So you did mention, you know, you couldn't ever see yourself contracted. So would you would you say that there is an opportunity if if there was ever an opportunity for you to sign with a major company would you i would have to look at the terms and conditions of that because it kind of goes back to you know what we talked about earlier where it's like not a lot of people know what to do with me and so it's like to be in that situation it's like you know I don't want to come out and be like strong for two seconds and then you never see me again. It's like, (laughs) that's going to be frustrating creatively. And it's like, I know it's work and sometimes you have to do what you have to do, but it's like, I'm really aiming to be able to express myself as best as possible. And I think nowadays we have so much opportunity to really build a strong personal brand and to create your own opportunity. So Mm -hmm. why not do that instead? And that way you're able to really express yourself in the way that's best for you. I think it's hard too, because as you know, people who love wrestling, you want to have those moments. You want to have your WrestleMania moment and you want to have your big, you know, TV debut, but it's like, there's pros and cons to everything and you really just have to be in alignment with what's best for you at the moment. So it's very possible that it could change, but right in this moment, that's not a strong goal for me. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, the conditions are right, I would consider it because of course, you know. Okay. Well, I'm hoping and, you know, manifesting myself that, you know, <laughs> the terms and conditions will be right and we will see you because I feel like the world I feel like somewhere there's somebody who needs to see someone like you yeah and that's something I think about as well and that's what kind of keeps me going is you know there's always someone who's like you make me feel like I can do anything and I'm like, mm-hmm. like exactly <laughs> so even if I end up having one or two matches I you know would hope that they are very important and that they do touch someone and inspire them to go do something that they wanted to do or that they're just happy to see it so 
you know, maybe I would take that sacrifice for that purpose. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to ask you, who are your top five favorite wrestlers, whether they be male, female, or non-binary? I'm so terrible with favorites because it's like, I just, I'm the type of person I just like... (laughs) enjoy it for what it is and it's like (laughs) um so i guess i won't put it in order but that's fine i do of course love bianca i love sasha um i would say aja bull and come i mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's so much more there's so many like amazing wrestlers and it's like everyone's so different so it's so hard to like <laughs> you know i love certain people just for like who, who you are relative not relative really to anyone else mm-hmm. but those are people that i do enjoy <laughs> yeah i get it and when you when you say aja you mean like you call me- <laughs> oh okay yeah okay i'm sorry i was just trying to you know care just yes, i get it with you <laughs> yes okay because sometimes people say first names and i'd be like okay are am i thinking about the same person that they're mentioning and i just get scared and just ask because i'd be like i'm not sure but yeah okay i get it yeah. um i was at, i'm actually happy to have met her last year she was so nice oh really yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like last year um at NWA Empower Weekend, I was doing media for the first time ever um, with <laughs> Women's Wrestling Talk. Um, and she and basically they had their media day like the day after Empower. And I was interviewing everybody and I got to interview her and she was so sweet. Like she really was. And I was so happy to talk to her and everything. Like I felt my face about to break. And um, I think Fightful Select even featured part of the interview and showed the picture of us, you know, with me and the microphone in her face, with me <laughs> smiling super hard. And I was just like, dang. It's on our YouTube. So if you, you know, you 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 can find it. Um, but it's women's wrestling talk and it was on there and she was just so nice and she was so funny and she's so talented as well. And so, and watching her have that moment with Gail Kim, who she tore the house down with multiple times, like it impact, that was just an amazing moment. We were all crying. Like empower was a whole vibe and I want them to have it again because it was just, it was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful thing that lives in my head rent free. Like, I love it. I loved it so much. Yeah, I'm glad you're having all these amazing experiences in wrestling and stuff like that. You know? Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because, Kara, sometimes I still feel like a fan, you know? I still feel like a little girl that was, you know, watching it with my dad. And now it's just my fandom and my love for it and with this show with my podcast and all of it, it's just coalescing into all of this and i just never thought this i never imagined this for myself ever so i'm having fun i love it it's beautiful so i'm glad i'm being valued but let's get back to you though um <laughs> let's get back to you so what would you say is the greatest thing that wrestling has given you um i feel like 
it's shown me that, you know, I can do anything that I want, you know. There was every barrier in the way for me, you know, and I was able to make this happen for me. And I'm still growing and I'm still, you know, gaining so much. So it's like whether I keep doing this till I'm 60 or whether I stop tomorrow, I know that, you know, I have so much strength. I have so much protection around me. I have the universe in my corner with whatever I put myself you know, into and like, and just giving me the confidence to like work towards anything that I want to achieve. And it's just been a very big confirmation for like, you know, all of the creativity <laughs> that I have within me that I didn't express for so long. And, you know, I was always so afraid to kind of put like my writing and stuff out there when I was younger. And so like, to go out there and just have ideas and like share them with the world and people enjoy them and feel inspired by it i feel like it's like the best blessing of all really definitely i get it so what would you say the future holds for you karen um i feel like i'm not anywhere near done yet not done growing not done working so I can't say you know exactly what I'll be doing but I'm always going to be pushing the envelope but I'm always going to be you know evolving and I know that you know indie wrestling has its trends and it has its directions but I'm kind of going with my own flow and I'm doing what makes sense to me and I'm kind of creating the stories that I feel need to be and you know again it may job with everyone it may not but like I'm really just expressing myself you know and hoping that that attracts the people that you know again will appreciate it who you know could use someone like me on their roster and you know I guess the most specific thing I'm looking forward to is doing some more traveling you know Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be going back to North Carolina in November. Um, I've been, you know, discussing some stuff with, you know, some promotions in the Midwest. So hoping to do that this fall. Hoping to, you know, get to Texas. <laughs> I just want to just travel and see the country and, you know, experience as many audiences and places as I can. awesome like if it's one thing wrestling does have you do is traveling and the world is huge and the world is large and it's beautiful so that's something that I am glad that wrestling has you know does give people is the opportunity to see things that aren't just in their own surroundings so I'm glad that you're having these experiences I'm happy that you have a presence in wrestling and I'm happy that you're succeeding in your own way and that you're just a powerhouse and you're here to stay. And I hope nothing but the best for you and your career. 
And I just can't wait to see more of what you have to give. So Karen Bam Bam, thank you so much for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with me tonight um, on Labor Day. So if you don't mind just telling everybody where they can follow you and find you on social media and tell everybody what you've got going on so far, you can do that right now. Okay. And thank you so much. And happy birthday again. Thank you. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Karen B. Renee. Um, also on Facebook, YouTube, any other thing you can probably just put in Karen Bam Bam and find me. Specifically my channel, I just posted a bunch of like matches there. So if you want to see more of my work, you can see it there. Um, I'll be in New Jersey September 18th. After my little break defending my championship. And I've been keeping stuff pretty open. So you'll see more of my appearances. But I'm really kind of making more of a full return in November in the Bronx. If you're local and want to see that. <laughs> I'll be back in Charlotte. Um, not Charlotte. Greensboro, North Carolina in November as well. And I have those dates on social media. And I'll keep everything posted there. <laughs> Well, thank you again for coming on the show. All right. So normally this would be where I would talk about what I loved in wrestling this week. But honestly, there were a couple of things I did love in wrestling this week. Like I really loved everything that happened um, at Clash of the Castle, especially like I said earlier in News and Gossipish with the debut of Solo Sokoa um Dominic Mysterio turning on his dad and Edge and then I also really love the fact that the Cardiff Wales crowd was singing Edge's theme song like word for word bar for bar like that was amazing um and I took a break and didn't watch Raw because it was Labor Day and I just wanted to chill a little bit plus it was the weekend of my birthday so all of this wrestling stuff happening on my birthday was just really lit your girl is 29 guys and it's cool um thank you for all the birthday wishes and stuff but then also i really loved worlds collide um i was really proud of a women's match on there i was definitely surprised at, at the fact that they went with mandy rose being the double champion um I can get used to it <laughs> um I'll say that um at first I didn't necessarily know if I liked it as much but I, it's growing on me so it's cool um I'm proud of the performance of Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet they really tore the house down for the NXT North American title and I feel like their rivalry is not finished like I'm really looking forward to see them fight some more like I'm really looking forward to it and I mentioned in news and gossipish about Roxanne Perez versus Mako Satomura. The fact that freaking Roxanne is a 20 year old wrestling prodigy and actually wrestled a clinic with Mako, who is like a veteran in this sport, just blew my mind. Now, of course, she didn't win. Um, and Mako, of course, bounced back after losing the NXT UK women's title. It's just the fact that she had the guts to do it and she looked so nervous going into it. But either way, she did a phenomenal job and I'm so proud of her. I'm proud of Mako. Like they did a fantastic job um, and they deserve all the credit for that. Um, Roxanne is the future. I love her. Um, and 
yeah that's basically a little bit it in terms of what I loved in wrestling but like I say like I always say thank you so much for supporting the Hardy Wrestling Podcast for supporting me and my wrestling endeavors because god knows i do a lot um (laughs) um and for like i said earlier all the birthday wishes that i got for turning 29 and all of my pictures and stuff with my nxc uk women's title and stuff like thank you guys for supporting that and loving that and loving on me and stuff like that i really appreciated it i know i haven't been recording episodes but it's only because i've been really tired lately i've been having sleeping issues um I've also been really busy because I believe after I came back from New York I needed to rest and then that it just so happened that the week after that um I had something else to do then the week after that (laughs) it was my birthday weekend so I've been slacking but hopefully I can be a little bit more consistent with my episodes I'm so sorry guys but life has just been lifing um for better and for worse so I'm just trying to catch up and still, you know, balance my, all of my things and balance, you know, my life balance with my work balance with my other work balance. And it's just so much. So you guys just send me good energy because it's just a lot. But also on top of that, I'm so happy because like I said earlier, I got my WrestleMania tickets and I will be going and it's just going to be great. And I'm so excited. Um... And hopefully I'll be able to do some work, create some content and enjoy myself too um, at WrestleMania, but I will be there. And then on top of that, next month, I'm going back to New York (laughs) to participate in a panel um, that's specifically focused on black women or just or women of color in wrestling called behind the magic and it's being hosted by my good friend and rest and fellow wrestling host um katrina from ncat we trust and women's wrestling talk um and i'm participating in the panel with so many amazing women um like shay from unpopular review Lo from Wrestling Wind Down, who I have had on my show before. Karen Bam Bam, who of course I interviewed in this episode. Um, Hearts from Talk of Champions. And it's just such a beautiful thing that we get to gather together and talk about wrestling and just love on each other. Because being a woman of color in this, you know, has its ups and downs. And I'm really glad that we get to talk about it and address it, you know, together and talk about it, you know, from a very loving place and just get into all the things and to do it at New York Comic Con where, you know, you're having all types of people who love all types of things like between anime and comic books and even wrestling too. Like it's a big deal. Like it's so big. Like I've only been to like, maybe three conventions um in my whole life like that's Alabama comic-con you know Magic City comic-con um and comic-con which is an anime con and it's just to be able to go and participate in this big one it's just a huge blessing and the fact that I get to go back to New York for the third time this year is just amazing in and of itself too like, it's to the point where all my friends in New York are just saying, look, why don't you just move here? It's almost like you live here now. Um, and I love New York. I definitely love it. But, you know, we'll just have to see what it go, where it goes. 
and New York is a beautiful wrestling city like they really appreciate it up there so it's really great to be amongst that energy and I'm just really happy and blessed to be a part of it so that's what your girl Stephanie has got going on then on top of that you know I'm trying to expand my wrestling career and make some like money money with it but at the same time it's not really about the money like this is something I do um without money and I believe that's how you know you found your thing so thank you guys just for all the support and all the love and per usual know that you can follow me your girl Stephanie Hardy on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy um you can also check out some of the stuff I'm doing on women's wrestling talk um at WW talk pod um on our website and then also on Instagram and Twitter at WW talk pod and um you can also watch Black Girl Magic, where I did commentary with Faye Jackson um, on the Title Match Network. And also you can see a couple of those matches for free on YouTube. If you just, you know, go in the search bar and look up Title Match Network, you'll find some of them there. Um, and you can listen to me and Faye Jackson, you know, tear it up on commentary together. And you know, just continue to support the podcast, the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, everywhere you get your shows, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can see all of my interviews um, and also listen to audio versions of the episodes as well. If you prefer to do that on YouTube as well, you can do that there. And just continue to just support me, your girl Stephanie, because I'm doing a lot out here like it's crazy but I enjoy it all and I'm just really glad to be in this space where I'm creating and talking about wrestling and people are still taking me seriously and not getting bored of me so (laughs) thank you guys so much for supporting the Hardy Wrestling Podcast of course the theme song was performed by Josiah Williams aka Mr. Wrestling Flow who actually just had a baby congratulations him and his wife just had a baby congratulations um But until next time, um, this is the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Bye, (laughs) y'all.